grace and peace to you this morning. What a, what a joy it is to be with you here today. What a, what a joy it is to, to hear those children sing that song. You know, I turned on Facebook this morning and I was reminded that uh, four years ago, our building was packed full of things um, because we were hit by a hurricane and we were serving our community. Um, and, you know, that's even more emotional now as we watch the news and we learn that um, Louisiana is about to be hit. And so I ask you to keep them in your prayers and be mindful of those communities. And, and hopefully uh, it's not as bad as what they're expecting. We are in this important, important series, I, I believe, uh, about identity. And, and identity is this huge issue in our culture nowadays. It's something that it sort of consumes our thoughts, whether we realize it or not. And in fact, many people experience uh, a crisis of identity at, at various points in their lives. Uh, we, we've seen some of this recently uh, with the pandemic and everything that's gone in our culture. People have changed jobs. People have uh, you know, made important life decisions. Uh, because sort of big events happen, and then they begin to think about their identity. And, and a lot of people are just confused about who they are. Um, we're, we're confused because we have all these voices telling us who we should be. You should be this, or you should be that. And, and we're confused by all the options that, that we have to choose from. And, and it becomes even more confusing when we just try to figure all of this out on our own. And we refuse to look beyond ourselves. And, and some people, you know, it's um, pretty popular today, say, well, I'm just going to look to my heart. Or we uh, may rely on our own ability to reason. And, and we come to believe that our identity begins and ends with us. And this is problematic since we must look beyond ourselves in order to find out who we truly are. And so last week, we, we looked at some of the things that make up who we are. Uh, our, our identity is shaped by our race, our culture, our gender, our abilities, our family, our job, and, and you could go on and list a lot of other things as well. But what we learned is that none of those things are ultimate. And so we're more than our race, and we're more than our culture, and we're, we're, we're more than our gender. And as Christians, we follow Jesus, and Jesus is bigger than all of those things. And none of those things should stand in the way of our seeking first the kingdom of God. And so as we continue to reflect on, on who we are, we want to turn our attention uh, today to another important question, and that is, what are we? And so before we understand who we are, we need to understand what we are. We, un we need to understand what it means to be a human being. And so if you go and you ask people, what does it mean to be human? You're, you're likely going to um, receive a variety of answers. And some people might suggest, well, we're, we're just nothing more than an intelligent animal. That's it. Or some might point out our ability to communicate and reason, and that's what makes us human. Or others may just not have an answer. Just say, I, I don't know. That's a big question. It's something that a lot of people just don't give much thought to. And, and they may think, well, you know, that's a, that's a complicated question. 
And therefore, I, I don't like complicated questions. I, I'm just going to ignore it uh, and, and ignore all the debates and, and things surrounding it. Well, when we open up the pages of Scripture, what, what, what we discover is that the Bible has a lot to say about what it means to be human. And it is a complex issue because we are complex beings. But there are some things about being human that are easy to understand. And guess what? The, the, the things that are easy to understand, those are the most important things. Okay? They are the things that, that we need to know, and this is what we're going to explore this morning. And so we should begin by acknowledging that, that the Bible uses multiple words to describe what makes up a human being. We, we could call them parts, but they're not really parts. It's just what we're comprised of. And so what are humans? We are body. We are flesh. We are heart. We are mind. We are soul. And we are spirit. And the Bible uses all of these words to describe who we are. Now, some of these words are used in more than one way in Scripture. For example, flesh. Uh, flesh is sometimes used literally for our own skin and, and muscle. However, it's often used um, to refer to our fleshly nature. So Galatians 5, for instance, speaks of the works of the flesh. And both of those are important to understand um, what it means to be human. But again, we're going to keep it simple today. And we're not going to look at all the nuances of all these words, but, but we're going to uh, explore just the general meaning of them. And so let's go through each one. Body. We are physical beings. We are more than our bodies, but we're also not less than them. Our, our bodies are part of who we are. And so there, there's sort of a tension here, and we see this tension in passages like 1 Timothy 4.8, which states, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And so the Bible does not say exercise is of no value. I don't have to worry about my body. I can just do whatever I want with it. It says it's of some value. There's some value to exercising. There's some value to being healthy. And we know that, that exercise actually benefits these other parts of the body. I'm not going to talk much about this, but, but, but all these um, parts of the body, um, they are kind of meshed together and they, they relate to one another. And so, for instance, we know that if we exercise, it's going to improve our thinking. It's going to make us feel better. You know, We're going to be a little bit happier. We're going to have a better attitude. Um, at the same time, we're reminded also here that there are greater things than physical exercise. 1 Corinthians uh, 6, we read that the, that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so what we do with our bodies matters. And the body is something that we're going to have forever. Um, we do not die and then just never have a body again. We're going to experience a bodily resurrection and we will receive renewed bodies that are empowered by the Spirit of God. And so the, the, the body's something that we just don't do away with. It, it's important. 
and it's important to understanding who we are. The next is flesh, and again, flesh is one of the words that's used in multiple ways in Scripture. Um, often it refers to human frailty. We are corruptible. We are driven by desires, and, and often we, we allow these desires to sort of get out of hand or, or we seek after the wrong things. We are not born sinful, but we are born into a sinful world, and it doesn't take very long for, for sin to begin to have an effect on us. Jesus famously says to Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we are weak and sinful beings. Uh, We cannot save ourselves. We need a savior. We don't have all the answers to identity or, or, or life's other big questions. We have to look beyond ourselves. That's because we are fleshly creatures. And then heart. And what heart is, is heart is the seat of our emotions. We have loves and, and desires, and these come from the heart. Now, we would like to believe that, that all of our decisions are based on rational thought, but that's simply not true. We often follow our emotions, we follow our loves, we follow our desires. And when our heart is aimed at something... There's not much that can stand in the way of that. Now, this can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. It depends on what it is we love and what it is we desire. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, an important verse for people nowadays. All these people just say, follow your heart, follow your heart. Well, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. So uh, that's not always good advice. To just follow the heart. We're to follow Jesus. That's what we should be doing. And and we're to love God with all of our heart. And we're to desire to be like Christ. And when when our heart is pointed in the right direction, and, and when it's seeking after what is right, then it's a great blessing. And when our hearts love the wrong thing, then then that can lead us to destruction. Okay? Then there's mind. And so we are rational beings. We, we, we have this ability to think and to reason. Now, this does not mean that we always use it or that we always follow um, our, our rational side, but we have it, you know. And, and our minds are very important. What occupies our minds, that, that matters a great deal. And Scripture has a lot to say about this. Romans 12, 2 states, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so if we have not undergone a, a transformation of the mind, then we're not on the Christian path. Because becoming a Christian means that, that I'm going to change the way that I think. In 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, it's stated this way, Take every thought captive to obey Christ. Wow. Now, the, the, the Bible does not say there, you know, take some of your thoughts captive. It says to take every one of them captive. And so we must consider whether, you know, we're serving Christ with our thoughts or if we're just serving ourselves. And so the, the battle begins 
in our head, and we must love God with all of our mind. And so we are thinking beings, and, and how we think, that's, that's a big part of who we are. And then you get to soul, and, and soul is probably the most difficult out of all these to understand, um, and, and there are several reasons for this. It, it's used in different ways in Scripture, and it has come to mean many things outside of Scripture. And if you have questions about this, um, you want to do a deep dive into this, then see me after worship and I'll, I, I can talk to you about it. I can give you some stuff to read. But basically, soul, we, we need to know this. Soul is often used to describe the, the person as a whole. And so it's not so much that we have a soul, but that we are a living soul. And the Latin word for soul here is helpful. It's, it's the word anima. Uh, it's where we get our English word animate. And so we are alive. We are living beings. And that's what it means. Um, that's what, sort of what soul means. Then we have spirit. Now, spirit is the part of us that relates directly to God. Romans 8 and verse 16 states, The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And then there's 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17, which says, He who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. And so we are spiritual beings. And this is why every human yearns for God. We are going to worship something. It's just part of who we are. We cannot help it. We long for transcendence. We have a spirit within us, and it's important that we, we, we nurture our spirit and we feed our spirit. It's also essential that our spirit be connected to God, the true life source, and not, not some idol. And so, so this is what we are. This is what it means to be human. We are body, flesh, heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And knowing all of this helps understand who we are. We will struggle with our identity if we see ourselves as nothing more than body, nothing more than just a clump of cells. We're also going to have identity problems if we believe that our bodies are unimportant and just neglect them. One of the first heresies of the Christian church face. They, they believed exactly this. They denied the importance of the body. And to deny the importance of the body is to deny the resurrection, as Paul says, which is central to the Christian faith. You cannot take away the bodily resurrection and still have Orthodox Christianity. And so to truly understand who we are, we, we need to go back to where it all started. And we need to meditate on those opening chapters of the Bible. And it's here that our origins are revealed. It's here where God begins to explain some of what it means to be human. And so listen to these words from Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God who created him, male and female, he created them. 
And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. Behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Now, there's, there's a lot to, to learn by, by looking at these verses. And, and we're not going to cover everything today. But we can notice a few things. And first is we should notice that, that human beings are different. We could even say that, that, that human beings are special. And we see that that God blesses us. He doesn't do this with the rest of creation. He blesses human beings. And he also gives us dominion over his creation. And if we keep reading scripture, we discover this means that that, that we are stewards of God's creation. That, that, That we're in charge of it, but that doesn't mean that we can just do whatever we want with it. Creation still belongs to God. And, and we'll have to answer for, for what we do and do not do with it. But human beings are, are, are set apart from the rest of creation. We're, we're not animals. God has, has breathed into us the breath of life, and, and we're both body and spirit, and we're created in the image of God, so we're unique. And, and so if someone asks, you know, who am I? Or, you know, what does it mean to be human, we can tell them. We, we, we can explain that, well, you know, we're not an animal. And, and being human is something more. And to be human is to be created in God's image, that, that we have a spirit within us, and we're made to connect with God, and God has given us a purpose. Now, purpose is an important part of who we are. And so, when, when people lose their purpose or um, have no purpose, then they often begin to question their identity. And we see this a lot nowadays with, with young men. This is why figures like uh, Jordan Peterson have become so popular because he, he's helping young men and others to find a purpose, something they've lost. And so struggling with, with purpose, it, it can also happen when a person um, maybe retires, you know. If your entire purpose is your job, then you retire, the, you know, that becomes a problem. You, you retire and you lose your purpose. You know, if, you, if your work consumes your identity, then, then you're going to wrestle with who you are when your work goes away. And so God gives human beings a purpose in Genesis 1. It's it's to partner with him in managing creation. And this is a pleasant purpose, to to labor alongside God as a blessing. But then our, our role gets expanded after sin is introduced into the world. And so now we're we're not only partners in managing creation, but we're also partners in redemption. And so we work for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
and we seek to redeem what is lost, and we proclaim the good news, and we feed the hungry and help the sick, and, and, and this is our purpose as well. Now, no Christian young man should struggle with his purpose in life. No, no Christian retiree should wonder about his or her purpose. But, but I'm not naive. I, I know that this happens, but it shouldn't. Uh, it shouldn't because we, we've been given all the answers. But I know that sometimes we get distracted and sometimes we neglect what we should be doing, and, and that's, that's on us. God has given us what we need, and, and one of the things that, that we absolutely need is a purpose in life. And, and Scripture reveals that purpose to us. And so human beings are unique. We, we, we need purpose in our lives. We also learn from Genesis, uh, this passage here, that we are created for community. And so at the end of Genesis 1, at the, at the end of this passage, God, God looks at all of creation, and, and he says, you know, it's very good. But then in Genesis 2.18, God, God looks and he says, it's, it's not good for man to be alone. And so we are communal beings, and, and we need one another, and we need healthy relationships, and we need family and friends, and, and all of this is good. Who are we? Well, our relationships are a core part of who we are. And so we are forming identity as we relate to one another. We're not perfect. We're, we're going to mess things up. We're going to make mistakes. All of us are that way, you know. Um, but hopefully what we're doing is we're learning and we're growing through this process. And, and community helps us do this. We have to learn to care. We have to learn to listen. We have to learn to be patient. We have to learn to submit to others. We have to learn to forgive. We have to learn to, to think of others and not just always think of ourselves. Now we can you know, sort of give up on all this and just decide to be a hermit and go out and live all, all by ourselves. We can isolate ourselves from others. Um, or sometimes what you'll see is, is sort of community hopping. And so we can go from community to community, never learning from our mistakes, just kind of, uh, you know, leaving fires everywhere we go. But, but, but none of this helps us with our identity, and, and we will suffer because of it. This is why church is such a blessing. Because we are a community united around Christ. So we don't come together because we're all alike. We, we don't come together because we see eye to eye on all things. We come together because of Jesus and that's it. We are family. But guess what? Family, can, that, that can be messy at times. And, and the Bible acknowledges this. It doesn't hide it. We see it in 1 Corinthians, we see it in Romans, we see it in Ephesians, and we see it in other places as well. And what we should come to learn is that Jesus is greater than, than anything that seeks to divide us. And he's greater than our opinions, and he's greater than our allegiances, and he's greater than our feelings. And we learn to, to be human by committing ourselves to a community and we find our identity in the church because it is the body of christ it's a, it's a community striving to be like jesus and so we're unique we need a purpose we're communal and we need guidance 
Genesis 2, 15 through 17 states, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. We need guidance. Anarchy is not for us. If we're left to ourselves, we're going to destroy ourselves. We are moral beings. And we thrive when we live within the guidelines that God has given us. And his laws are a blessing. They are not a burden. And we should know this from studying children. Children thrive when they're given structure. It's not good to just let a child do whatever they want to do. You're not helping a child by refusing to, to give them rules or, or making them behave. You're In fact, you're, you're making it worse for that child. And they're going to struggle. And they'll likely not become a very good human being. And, and they're probably going to have problems in school. And, you know, all of this is not going to lead to happiness for the child. God gives us structure because he knows it's what we need. And we're not going to find ourselves on our own. We're not going to become the person that that we need to be on our own. God is good and he provides what we need. And so what does it mean to be human? This is a question that, that, that many people have contemplated over the years. Philosophers have have wrestled with it. Psychologists have theorized about it. The Bible answers it. We are complex beings, but but all of us have the, the capability to begin to understand who we are. Body, flesh, heart, mind, soul, spirit, All of these words should mean something to us. We are unique beings created for purpose and community. Most of all, we are created to know God. And this is a journey. We learn more and more about him as we yield to his guidance. We understand him better when our our minds are transformed to think like Jesus. We see God more clearly when we seek him and love him with all of our heart. We know God when we connect our spirits with his. To know God is to know ourselves. This is who we are. And so you were created for something bigger than this world has to offer. The problem when it comes to identity is not that we're aiming too high, but often we're aiming too low. We become enamored with trivial matters. We give ourselves to things that that drain us rather than fill us. And and seeking God, that's the most important thing that that anyone will ever do. And so don't get distracted. Wake up each day and, and choose to seek God. And find ways to connect with God throughout the day and, and learn to see God maybe where you've never seen Him before. And, and do this, you'll begin to understand who you are on a much deeper level. You'll answer these questions about identity. My, my greatest desire is to know Jesus. And that's what I've do, devoted my life to. I, I, I do what I do because I want others to know Jesus. And, and it's what drives me. 
And I do it because I've tasted the Lord and I know that he is good. And I do it because it's God who has the words of eternal life. You know, where else am I going to go? Where else am I going to turn? I want my, my body, my heart, my soul, my mind, my spirit. I, I want them to serve God. And I want to come to know him on, on all these different levels. I want to be transformed into the image of Christ. And, and there's no reason to turn back now. And so what about you? I hope you're on that same path, but, but if you're not, you know, it's something that, that you can start today. It's a, it's a wonderful blessing to come to know God and come to know who you are. You can do that now. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful that we're here today and that we can pause in our busy lives to acknowledge you, to commune with you, to praise you, to eat and drink with you at your table. It is our desire that we come to know you more fully. It is our desire that we see you more clearly. It is our desire that you would see less of us and more of you in our lives. God, be with us as we seek to continue to do this. Help us connect with you each and every day. Help us remember what is important in this life. We're so grateful for for Jesus who took on flesh to come to reveal you to us. And now we know you better than others could have before him. May we study his life. May we memorize his words. May we mimic his actions. May we contemplate the cross. We're so grateful for that sacrifice which makes our salvation possible. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And so this morning I tell you, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. If you're here this morning and you have a need, if there's something that we can do for you, won't you come now as we stand and as we sing?